Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silver, and today's guest is Lois Hollis. Lois Hollis, RN, BSN, REV, is a shame, guilt educator, counselor, filmmaker. Lois shifts our opinion of one of the most taboo subjects, shame and guilt. As a trailblazer, she helped create one of the first kidney hemodialysis units in the USA in 1966. Today, Lois establishes shame guilt as an independent study. Her 50 years experience in health, 15 years research and counseling bring new knowledge to these misunderstood conditions to release us from shame guilt blaming. Lois's first film, Out of Discord into Harmony, was released in 2008 and teaches how to communicate with your inner self. Her new film, I'm Good, makes shame guilt visible. She shares three books. She was given a death sentence at 55 and now thrives at 77. Lois shows us how. And this is one of those episodes where we strongly suggest you stop multitasking because this topic is a big one and maybe something that's been weighing you down longer than you care to remember. I'm speaking with Lois Hollis and she's going to be talking about shame guilt, not shame and guilt, but shame guilt, which is one energy that's been causing massive emotional turmoil. She's going to talk about it and more importantly, what to do when we catch it red-handed. Here's Lois. Okay, everybody. So you know how we always talk about betrayal and betrayal to breakthrough. That's the whole idea. Well, there's so much shame and so much guilt when it comes to betrayal. This could be from the, the betrayed person, from the betrayer's perspective. So I brought on today Lois Hollis, who is one of the leading experts on the topics of shame and guilt. And we're just going to unpack all of it. Well, as much as we can. Welcome, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if we can cure it in 30 minutes, we're really, really good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what what had you land on the topic of shame and guilt? Well, my own life, uh, as typically most of us healers are in that uh, direction, I didn't really know too much about my life until I was in my 50s. I just kept on going, going. I was a nurse, started at 12 years old as a nurse's aide, and always was in medicine. I always wanted to help heal people and heal myself, and health was the main concern. I didn't think how anything else could be more important, and I still think it is today. Anyway, I... Uh, always have been on the forefront of medicine unknowingly. You know how we keep following ourselves and we don't know what we've been doing until later. I started the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country in 66 and um, started the hepatitis protocols and home hemodialysis. I was in open heart surgery in the late 50s. So somehow I've always been on the forefront of new things mm -hmm. unknowingly like something needed to be done so I did it so okay so I, I see a real strong medical background here so where did the idea of shame and guilt came in yeah okay so in my 50s I became very depressed like super depressed which is kind of um disposition because of my background Mm -hmm. and my health field and my enthusiasm for life. 
I became so depressed, like suicidal depression. And I came to find out, you know, how your memories flood back when they flood back. Mm -hmm. I had an extremely abusive childhood, so much so that I had a near-death experience in my childhood, somewhere around five or six. And I started understanding that at that time. My neck was broken. C1, C2, and C3 were broken. I did not know that until a chiropractor tried to help me out. So that's how I found out the many illnesses I had. My heart had a leaky valve. I had um, scoliosis so bad from bending over because of shame and guilt, depression. Um, My lungs were not functioning properly. My liver was They called it a fatty liver because I had um, 30 years of migraine headaches and I took medications for that too. I had broken jaws and uh, severe abuse, severe abuse in childhood. All right. So it wasn't just you had all these medical conditions and no one knew where they were coming from. This was coming from medical, this was coming from physical abuse that you just did not recall that was well, of course, who who remembers those things? Right. In fact, I just a couple of years ago, I I just saw a memory. I was I saw myself as a child, like year old or two years old. Someone holding me up by my ankles and banging my head on the floor. Oh my gosh! I know. So we're talking to there at one time when I was fifty, I couldn't go outside during the day mm-hmm. because of the brain traumas. So when, so I'm talking about, okay, so as you know, and everybody else knows, physical abuse carries emotional abuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I was dealing with, the depression. So, so before you got to that point, though, so here's, here's the abuse in childhood. How did you, how did you move through your day as, as a child? Do you remember any of- I only remember- Sometimes in my 50s, I start remembering things. I know it's a I believe that the near death experience that I experienced mm-hmm. gave me the energy, the connection to God, like what that spirit, you know, we don't have to get into that, but somebody carried me along because I shouldn't have been here and I shouldn't be that successful. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the right audience for that because we love okay. that. So you're bring it on. But I, I'm I'm wondering because you know I, I I do like to put the pieces together as best I can. I always try to be in the minds of my listeners, viewers. And so here was this horrific trauma going on as a child, and then let's say you're a teenager. What do you do? You remember nothing about? No, I don't remember the teenager years. I only remember first grade. And first grade, I remember the teacher the nun, Catholic school, called my, this is in the 50s. Okay. (laughs) I remember them calling my parents in and said that you have an idiot child. She cannot read because I had Erin syndrome. I don't know if you're aware of that. I-L-E-N. It's when you hold a page up like a book and the words keep moving because of the brain traumas. Wow. So you can't read. Right. So I was, I have to tell you this little thing. I was holding the book up in class and I remember this part. And and I told the nun, the sister, how do you stop the words from moving? Mm. 
right? Logical. They wouldn't stop moving so I could read. They hit me because I was like a brat, you know, I was making fun of it. But, you know, what did they know in the 50s? Right, right. So So the next day, so so next day I turned the book around. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very creative. So I turned the book around thinking that the words would stop moving. (laughs) Okay, so so now there's trauma at home and now there's trauma at school. Yes. So what did you do? I, I tap danced. Seriously, I had the incredible feeling to always tap dance. And I did finally. And I remember just tap dancing all the time. I can't tap dance all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. I was very good. I'm still good. <laughs> and I believe that the right left brain with the movement mm-hmm. helped me heal. Because I got into the University of Pennsylvania. I leave school for college. That still is like amazing. And and this is and had had the word stopped moving by then? Oh, definitely, definitely. How could I pass the test? Well, that's what so, I'm wondering. Okay, I'm saying through the grace of God, through movement, and, you know. And it's so interesting that you bring up movement because I remember uh, one of my study participants in the study I did on betrayal, and she seemed like out of all of the participants, she she had the biggest traumas from what I, you know, had seen and movement was crucial for her. And she's convinced, and I believe it, that that was uh, one of the only reasons why uh, she stayed alive. I I would agree with her because I, one other thing I remember sitting in classrooms and they're, you know, supposed to be listening to the teacher and all, and I remember doing my steps, you know, calculating which movement and I tap danced all the time. So I mean, tap dancing, not ballet, because I didn't really like ballet, but I love tap dance. And I tap danced uh, from maybe seven, eight years old to like 12 or 13. And, and so, okay, so take me <laughs> into now, let's say your 20s, your 30s, your, and beyond. Would you, you, so still you remembered nothing about? I, I don't remember that. I'll remember being like very intense on my work. Um, setting up a new kidney unit. What I want to say here is that somehow I always had new information, unbidden information. So for me to start the topic of shame, guilt, giving new information is not unusual for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm making the connection. Yeah, but I and I always like to to to. I'm always curious. What did you think about yourself? Because so often, you know, we're 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 we experience these things and we personalize it. Did you at that point know it's not, it wasn't you, it it was just. It's very interesting because I look back on my life and I went, how did I do that? And there was so much abuse and, you know, you're called an idiot child. I stuttered as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, how could you, what are you going to do with four or five brain dramas? You're going to stutter, you can't read, you're dyslexic. I mean, uh, so it's amazing. I never felt sick. Like I, I felt sick, but I didn't feel like I had a disease or like I had a problem. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I, I really don't. I don't know. I, people say, didn't you feel sick? And I'm going, I, I got sick from migraines, but it wasn't like I had a disease or something. Right. Did you, okay. So it sounds like you just poured your energy into your work and you, you just loved it. And I loved it. And I had three children and, you know, uh, 
I just lived life and never really thought about having a problem. I just have headaches. Okay, whatever. It just wasn't important enough. <laughs> so then what, so then when you started realizing it, was it, was it the depression that was sort of like, well, the, the depression came or the storm? Yeah, the depression came and I'm going, why am I so depressed? And the first thing I, um, I kind of remember was I saw my legs bleeding as a child and I saw my father hitting me with the belt strap and I go, oh, that's interesting. You know, so I have a detective mind. Okay, long story short, I went into therapy and we talked a little bit here and there and I felt better, but I didn't feel well. I didn't feel happy. I didn't right. feel vivacious and that's who I always have been. Mm -hmm. And so I um, started talking to myself instead of therapy, like high depression, how are you? High anxiety, how are you? So I talk within myself, but someone, I was in woman's group and some woman said, what do you do about shame? Mm -hmm. And I went, huh, that's an odd word. That is so funny. Cause like, that's all I had was shame. And I'm going, oh, I never heard of that word before. <laughs> you have to live. <laughs> and so I went to research and John Bradshaw was the only one talking that about that time. It wasn't internet, you know, I just went to the library. Mm -hmm. And somehow I was um, working with myself and I was healing so quickly because I was talking with my depression and anxiety, the yeah. inner critic and all that. And I was getting healthier. Also, I found a chiropractor, shaman, healer, person that put my body back together. Okay. And um, as you know, that you must do the emotional work with the physical. Yes. And I was learning that shame, guilt, was the cause of all my depression, anxiety, apprehensions, hatred, and anger. And I was like the happiest person in the world because I didn't have to spend years in therapy for depression, years for anxiety, years for hatred, years for anger. I could just get rid of shame, guilt. So how, okay. So, so, so that, yeah, yeah, then I started, okay, well, then I just threw it in the garbage. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a little more challenging than that. So, okay. So you were depressed. You started talking to yourself. Um, and, and then you, you sort of got tipped off that this could very likely be shame and guilt that's driving yeah. this. And then you said, well, I could just get rid of that. And there will go the emotional issue. Negativity. Yeah. And so, I found the shame guilt within the depression, within an anxiety and things of that sort. And I healed so quickly that people came to me and say, what are you doing, Lois? I was living in Sedona, the land of transformation. Right, right. And I said, I'm talking to myself. So, so how did you, okay, because I know everybody's wondering right now, how did you talk to shame and guilt? I don't talk to shame and guilt. You, that's the problem. So can I diverse a little bit here sure. and tell, okay, the reason that shame guilt is here and we haven't been able to get rid of it is because we've never been told the truth. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's not your mother's fault and your grandmother's, the church, the betrayer, the betrayed. It's shame guilt's fault. Okay. Okay. Now, can I digress on this? Yes, go for it. Okay. We have love energy. And everybody can understand how love is so 
predominant and feels good. And love carries with it what compassion and joy mm-hmm. and confidence, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, we are compassionate to others. We're willing to help. It has many emotions to it, the love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, we have a negative force, and it's called shame, guilt, mm-hmm. negativity. Right. Okay, now why do I say shame, guilt, and not shame and guilt? Shame is in the unconscious mind, and guilt's in the conscious mind. Okay. But it's the same energy. Um, And that's interesting because I was always taught shame is projected inward, right? Shame is, is, it's, it's not what you did, it's who you are. And guilt is what you did. That is true, but okay. it doesn't help you. Right. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's interesting. Okay. But can, how can we fix it? And what really is it? What is it? That's me. I got a detective mind. Uh-huh. Okay, now why do they do that? Okay, the medical world operates in this manner. If you have a bacteria in your brain, they call it meningitis. Mm-hmm. If you have the same bacteria in your lungs, they call it pneumonia. Mm-hmm. If you have the same bacteria in your kidneys, they call it nephritis. Mm-hmm. See where I'm going with this? So it isn't the different substance. It's the placement of it. Okay. Now, this really confuses everybody because they shake excuse me, they say shame is bad and guilt is good. We need guilt to be moral. Mm-hmm. That is not true. I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Not that I'm going to feel guilty, but our culture, culture being government and parents and school mm-hmm. teaches us we must feel guilty in order to be moral. So is what? So is it that you're saying guilt is just... Uh, conscious. So you're saying it's conscious shame. Exactly. Beautiful. Perfect. That's a perfect uh, analysis. Okay. So then once you come up with that, what do you do with it? Once you realize, okay. Conscious okay. Shame. So this is huge because people say, I can't get rid of guilt. I have so many people saying I spent $10,000 on a course and I just all this meditation. And after two years of work, I still can't get rid of the guilt. I must be so bad that no one can help me. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really sad because I'm telling you, you will never get rid of guilt. Never, never, never until you get rid of the shame that's causing it. Okay, so how do you get rid of the shame? Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> you know, this is since Adam and Eve, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to do this in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm really good, but I don't know. <laughs> Okay, but at least I'm putting you on the right track. Mm-hmm. And when you, because when you say shame's this and guilt's this, it splits your mind. Mm-hmm. And you can't really go after it. As you know, you're trying to help people. Right. And, and you're like, well, this, your mind goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's logical to go back and forth because your brain is split. And I call it shame guilt, mm-hmm. not shame and guilt, because right. shame guilt is an energy a negative energy put upon us. It's not normal. It's common. We don't need it. Okay. Okay. Now, what happens when 
a negative force, excuse me, a virus comes into your computer. It messes it, it up. It messes it up. I mean, like nothing works. I mean, and you're like ready to throw it in the garbage can. Um, but, you know, your files, sometimes virus will attack your files. Sometimes they'll attack your hard drive. Sometimes right. I, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't have a special route. It just distorts whatever it distorts. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Okay. And how do you fix it? You got a virus removal program. Well, right. we got a shame, guilt removal program because shame, guilt is an energy comes into us. Right. And it turns our positive emotions to negative ones. It okay. turns compassion to depression. It turns in intuition to anxiety. It okay. turns and look, passion I, to anger. I got it. And I totally hear you. I'm, you know, I, I just imagine it's, it's similar to, it sounds like, like, let's say you, you have a, you're an emotional eater and then it's like, well, just get rid of the cookies. You know, it's not necessarily that simple. Right. So I'm, I'm, you're making it sound very simple. And I, I want to make sure we really understand this completely because when you say, well, we have to get rid of it. It, I love the idea. I just, I'm, I'm using my logical mind to try to understand how to do that. And I cannot come up with anything. Okay. Step number one. Mm -hmm. Okay, <clears throat> is what we're doing right now. Okay. We have to understand it's not of us because we internalize shame, guilt, right? Right. I am no good. I'm saying that we don't need to internalize it because it's an outside force. Okay. We don't need it. Okay. It's sort of like a parasitic energy or something, whatever you want to talk about, but it doesn't belong to us not ours. So if it's outside of us, we can get rid of it. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. That has to be made the foundation before you can start processing and getting rid of it because you have shame guilt only has one defect. Mm -hmm. It dissolves in detection. Okay. So that's where we're going. Okay. We're, we're called know thy enemy. Okay. And this is really unfortunate because what has Shane Gilp been done? Put it under the covers. Mm -hmm. Right. So the more you can know about it, the more you can get rid of it and the more you can avoid it. See, you have to identify it, mm -hmm. release it and avoid it. Okay. So how do you release it? You have to identify it first. What okay. did I say? Identify it, release right. and avoid. Okay. Now, most of us, including myself, mm -hmm. we don't even know what shame guilt behaviors are because we consider it normal behavior. Okay. I have 500, I have an ebook, 500 questions, one answer, obviously shame guilt. It teaches you 500 ways we are um, attacked by shame guilt behaviors. So we have to know that. We have to know what to avoid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so... When shame guilt affects us, we a lot of people feel that uh, that heaviness, mm -hmm. that burden. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. With the fact that what we do know now that shame guilt's an energy, we can put it to the side. Does it go away completely? No, because we're working on it. It's like. We're chiseling it, you know, like to the side. And then 
we work with our emotions. Like usually people feel depressed or anxious. Mm -hmm. Hi, anxiety. How are you? We work on our emotions. Shame, guilt does not belong to us. So we don't entertain it. Okay. Our emotions are the carriers of shame and guilt. And that's why you say that is because they're the ones that hold the energy of shame, guilt. Once we find them, Mm -hmm. we can have them release Okay, that's that's they're carrying. Yes. So just to be super practical, what questions do you do you ask yourself to even know that that's what you're feeling? Are there okay? What what do you feel? What do you feel? I feel not good enough. Hi, I'm I'm not good enough. That's it. You, You you talk to whatever you're feeling. Hi, you're stupid. Hi, you're stupid. And then what do you say? Hi, how are you? And sometimes they answer and they, if you don't get an answer, you say, thank you so much for coming to see me. I'm meeting my emotions. You know, emotions are our life force. Right. So you're meeting the emotions and you're saying, thanks for showing up, but I, I, I got this. I don't really need you here. Like, oh, we got, we need our emotions. Our emotions are our life force energy. No, I mean the shame, guilt, the shame, guilt emotions. They're not emotions. Okay. I'm, I'm really trying I know. here and I just want something I, so practical that all of our listeners can, can say, okay, this is what I can do. Okay. The first thing you can do when you feel shame, guilt, you go, okay, that's not of me. Now that's huge. Right. Because that will stop you going down the spiral of depression and suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, what's really happening here in, in our world, especially with our teenagers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So stop that it doesn't belong to you. Okay, I feel depressed, not good enough. Okay, that's okay to feel. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel depression. It's okay to feel anxious. You're alive. But know that that emotion is part of you. And it just got turned from the negative to the from the positive to the negative. There is a DVD of um, a video mm-hmm. I have out of discord into harmony. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to have a relationship with your emotions. Okay. So turn that on. Seriously, turn that on and start working with a relationship with your emotions and you'll understand how to do it. Mm-hmm. Our emotions are key to us. Then we work with the inner critic. That's key. Our inner critic is really our friend and we don't tell it to shut up or go away. Mm-hmm. Because it's our friend and he's the one that produces the shame guilt within us. So, okay. So, but here's this um, inner critic telling us we're no good. We're no- and you're stupid. And you go, Oh, thank you so much for coming to see me, but I'm not five years old anymore. I'm 50 or 40 or 30 years old. I've learned a lot. Can we negotiate now? Mm-hmm. So we, like you and me, I want to become your friend. Oh, hi, we're going to ice cream you like. I like chocolate. What do you like? Vanilla. What do you, What is your three wishes? You know, it takes time to develop a relationship. Now, why is this so important in your work? Do you know that shame, guilt, energy severs the interpersonal bond? Unpack that. Shame, guilt, energy. Yep. Severs, cuts the interpersonal bond. And that's why we need to repair it by repairing us with our emotions. 
we are repairing that shame, that interpersonal bond. And that's what you're all about. You got it because you're betrayed and the interpersonal bond is broken and you can't develop relationships. Right. And I, I, I love everything you're saying. I'm just still unclear. And I, and I want to just, I, I'm wondering if this is going to be a question with the audience. So I want to see if I, I can just get to it. When, when something, uh, when we've been sort of negatively programmed to believe all of these things, um, the, the, uh, the challenge I'm having here is you have, let's say, uh, uh, you know, your whole youth of being told all these things and now we're supposed to understand that it's an energy that it's just that we just need to talk back to it and no we don't talk back to the energy we just don't don't acknowledge, you know like push it aside we've been we've been hoodwinked right but how do we how but but i imagine there's because that's what we've believed for so long how do we believe something new that's the I, that's what i really want to get to um, that's each person is different. Like, um, I always liked, um, you know, certain foods, right. You know, and then I found, oh my God, it has all those toxins and poisons in it, you know, and like, oh, okay. Cause you know, when I was a, a mother, I used to give some, put some food coloring and things and I went, oh my, you know, and now I go, oh my God, right. I don't believe I did that. The truth is powerful. We have... But I'm not only talking about me, I'm talking about government and school. There's, you know, there's right. a big uprising in everything Absolutely. right now. I guess but that's just, okay. Yeah, I'm it's just okay. looking at it because there are so many people who, who they be, they drank the Kool-Aid. They believed everything that they were told. All the things, the negative things that happened to them. Of course, listen, I get it. We have a choice. We could turn all of it around. But I, but I, um, it sounds like, it sounds, and that's why I want to understand it better. It sounds like, no matter regardless of any negative programming any physical abuse any mental emotional verbal abuse we just reject the shame and guilt the what shame the shame guilt energy produces the abuse right that's why i say we can't blame our fathers and the mothers and the grandmothers because it's the energy that turned them around to produce the abuse People that carry the shame, guilt, energy want to get rid of it. You know, it's, it's, but it's not conscious. We're like, oh, I don't feel good. And then if you holler at somebody, you feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. But that's what it is, is releasing the shame, guilt, energy onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then they get stuck and they release it to somebody else. That's just normal. That's how you feel better. I felt so much better after I hollered at that person. Right. So that's, that's why it became the way it is. I'm saying that that was the way it was then. And now we are stuck with these parts of us that have been inundated with negative energy. And by the time we're 40, 50, or 60, we go down because we've been carrying this junk right. of negativity for so long. And people just say, oh, keep going, keep going. And you're like, I can't go anymore. You know, I'm down. So did you go through like a forgiveness process or? Once you, this is what's interesting. Mm. When you heal at that point of when it happened, like there's no such thing as time. 
Mm-hmm. So therefore, you can go to the timeline. This is all timelines. You have a two-year-old timeline, a five-year-old timeline, an adult timeline. We have many timelines. So when you go to that timeline, which is not hard to do, and you find that five-year-old who was in school and you were told an idiot and you make friends with her, she blossoms. Mm -hmm. Then the five-year-old energy comes to you and that's how you have a healing. Mm -hmm. And when it's made at that point, it's as if that trauma never happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what happens when you cut yourself and you have to get stitches and you get a little, you keep, oh, is it here when it's here? And you kind of keep looking at it. But all of a sudden, like in two years, you're like, oh, I don't see it. It doesn't even exist anymore. That's how this is. Yeah. This okay. is that emotion to that level that it's as, so it wasn't like forgiveness. It was as if it never happened. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it certainly is because if, if you can let go and truly move forward and feel great and release all of that. It's, it's wonderful. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Okay. What I did today was help you go on a different street. Instead of going to like of shangle, no hope. Mm -hmm. And, and believe me, we've all there. Now I'm saying, okay, there is a way out of this. Okay. Can we do it in five minutes? Probably not. But eventually you'll get to the point that you can do it that quickly. I help people learn how to self-talk and talk and self-heal and they're fine. I mean, they keep on going on because we have to keep on healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Know that shame guilt doesn't belong to us. That's huge. If you can just do that, that's huge. And what you have is your dear, precious emotions and your emotions are your life force. And they want to be healthy, but they're the ones, God bless them. They carry this energy for you for years and years and years so that you could live Mm -hmm. and be productive like I was, but they get tired too. And they're like falling down. So I have to meet them. This is not unusual therapy because they do a lot of parts therapy now Mm -hmm. and interpersonal things, but I just go a little bit deeper. So watch my out of discord into harmony and I'm always available for questions and get my ebook 500 questions one answer and I'll show you the uh, um your behaviors that all of us use mm-hmm. but what we're doing is naming something that we're all aware of but we never could name it right and right. if we name it we can heal it and not heal it but move forward yeah, very interesting. And I feel like we just, uh, this was the tip of the iceberg on this topic. And uh, that was, it was wonderful. Lois, where does everybody go to learn more about you and your wonderful work? LoisHollis.com, L-O-I-S-H-O-L-L-I-S. And I have about 50, maybe 60 podcasts there. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot of education because everybody looks at shame your energy differently. Wonderful. Okay. Lois, I want to thank you so much. This was very interesting. And I feel like uh, something definitely worth looking into if we're carrying shame guilt, which I imagine many of us are. And what a beautiful way to release it. And you are a vibrant, glowing example of someone who has. So thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. 
lots of nuggets there. So shame guilt is a negative energy put upon us and it's important to see it for what it is so we can talk back to it. And Lois can help us do just that. Stay in touch with her by going to loishollis.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Shame is unconscious, unconscious, guilt is conscious. And it's like Lois said, bacterias can be the same, but when they're in different places, they're called different things, just like shame, guilt. Either way, it's important to first understand it and realize that it dissolves in detection, to identify it, then release it, then avoid it. So the key is we need to acknowledge these feelings first and at the same time, work with our inner critic, creating a healthier relationship with it so it stops sabotaging us. Sounds like it's worth the work for sure. Be sure to take the post-portrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And like the show, subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.